This is the Ambiguous Podcast Solution, the podcast for podcasters. Stories told by everyday people as well as longtime professionals. Join a member of the APS team as they discuss the crazy world of podcasting. The only catch? We only speak to fellow podcasters. We will bring you the origin stories, the greatest hits, learning experiences, and the future goals of podcasts of all shapes and sizes. If you're listening to this, hopefully it will inspire you to start your own podcast, or it will inspire you to keep going and give you ideas on how to make your podcast better. If you have a podcast and want to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com for more details. Welcome Welcome to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. Now let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. I am your returning champion, Will Tarashuk from Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And today I am talking to Sam Mitchell from the Autism Rocks and Rolls podcast. Sam is a teenager living with autism, bringing you... Uh, Austin, uh, Austin, autism rocks and rolls. Although Sam has had obstacles in his past and still has daily struggles, he is using his platform to take away the stigma of autism and other conditions that may that uh, many think are disabilities. He often brings guests into conversations, whether it be family members, friends, celebrities, or other involved in the world of autism. Sam, I know you talked to Al Snow. We're going to talk about that. Don't you worry. But he also wants to prove that he is not broken and does not need to be fixed. Sam has a lot of fun along the way and really loves to entertain his audience. Listen to his podcast to find to get into the mind of Sam. Sam, my friend, my man, welcome on this beautiful hey, Friday morning. It's good to be here. Good to be here. I'm all right this morning. That's no, good. I'm school today. I slept in today, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, that's just like, is it, you schedule this for like 9 a.m. on a Friday. That was my first thought. It's like, is he not in school? So, I mean, tell us, tell us about yourself. Um, you're a teenager. So like, what, what, what grade are you in? Um, and it's a little bit about yourself. Oh, you're in college. Okay. So you have no, did you schedule? So you have no Friday classes? Yeah, I have no Friday classes. Oh, my man. I did the same thing for four years. Okay. Oh, look at you. Super jealous. Uh, what are you going to, what are you going to school for? Um, media or entrepreneurship. Okay. Well, good thing you have a podcast. Um, so let's give, give a little, give the audience a little bit of back info about you, um, who you are. What exactly is you do and what you want to do? Well, so yes, I do run my podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls. I am, am I'm in I'm in college bound right now. I am, I've been in Ivy Tech for about I'm probably in my second semester right now, and I've just graduated high school, so made it through that. But I'm, some of my hobbies are creative writing and enjoying the great outdoors. Awesome, love it. Uh, before we get into the podcast, I just want to touch a few things. Um, about autism. So what do you think is the most misunderstood part of, of autism? That we're not capable, that we're not capable of anything. And that's a load of crap. There's a lot of things that we can do. And some people don't believe that we can do that. Mm. So like, what is, what is your life like? Like, um, what do you do for fun outside the podcast? I know you're a wrestling fan. Yep. That's one thing I do enjoy wrestling, but I pretty much like to find music all over the all over variety like rock, country, mainly rock, mainly rock. That's my favorite. But cut sometimes country, rap. Any uh listen any like any Latin beats, like any uh, like uh Spanish music? I can put I can put you on some I can put you on some artists, man. Some Spanish artists are incredible. Uh, it depends on the beats and depends on um and it depends on the beats, really. But yeah, I have some foreign language ones. I downloaded Arsenico by DLD, and that's foreign completely. And so, la, I guess it's kind of foreign, but La Bamba. Yeah, La, la Bamba counts. Sure, La Bamba counts. La, 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 but yeah, it totally counts. Got it. Like I, I, like, I like foreign music, like specifically Spanish music. Yeah, I have no idea what they're saying. I don't speak Spanish. I'm not going to learn Spanish. I, I can't do it. So that's, that's one of my disabilities. I can't learn languages. Um, but I love foreign music because it's just, just like I can just drift away. They put it on and I drift away. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's like me with rock. So you, you start your podcast with a mission statement. Every single podcast, you pretty much say, quote, we are not broken, we don't need to be fixed, and there is nothing to be sorry about. And quite frankly, Sam, as a listener and someone who's actually going to interview you, 
that is very comforting. It's very, it's like, okay, I can, you know, take a breath. So why, why do you feel the need to put something like that front and center in your podcast? Okay, well, first of all, I like to say thank you for that. I didn't realize it made someone like comforting. I didn't even think of that. So first of all, thank you for that. But that's what the, but I put it there because that's what the podcast is all about. And we have a nonprofit and nonprofit podcasts have like a mission. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to read this mission almost ever, every time. Now we didn't have it at first. So when you hear the earlier episodes, we didn't have it, kind of went straight into it. But when we when we were a nonprofit, we had to get a mission statement. And when yeah. we learned that we need a mission statement, we're going to use the crap out of it. And th- but there's more to it. There also is I have it on here too. By yeah, the way. go ahead, read it, go for it. Sure, helps parents understand that diagnosis of autism autism does not have to be dreaded news. It, sh- it needs to show the positive side of autism in the world. That instead of excluding or making assumptions, all humans must accept see and tap into abilities and pointing out what people cannot do like you probably can't learn spanish but it's probably something that you're pretty darn good at as well yeah i don't know you well enough to say what it is granted but i bet if i had a guess and i also want to celebrate and showcase the successes of all people every human being even the ones that society deems low functioning whereas they have something to offer assist other entrepreneurs in and out of the podcasting world to step out of their comfort zone and start their own business and recognize that there's no normal and it is simply not fair for society or rather anybody to determine that. Love it. That's phenomenal. So let's get into the podcast. Um, why did you want to start a podcast in, in general? I know you had the non-for-profit and you know, a podcast and non-for-profits really do go hand in hand. It's, it's a great way to get a voice out there. But you personally, why did you, Sam, want to start a podcast? Sure. Well, it was to join my, after I joined my high school's media club, it always people think it's a class for some reason. It was really a club. I saw it, learned the ropes, learned the ropes of it. Well, I, but I knew that after I graduated my senior year, I knew I couldn't continue doing my school's podcast along with some of my peers. I didn't run it by myself. I ran it with some other people a lot. It's called Thundercast. Mm-hmm. and sad i haven't seen much episodes so i don't know if it's like defailed or anything or something like that but i know that after i did my after i helped out with thundercast and you want me to continue so the only i knew to continue my media skills was to start my own podcast love it and how'd you get the name autism rocks and rolls it rolls right off the tongue well it's we were going to do an insight autistic brain we learned that was kind of boring yeah. So we went with autism, but we had, we went down with the hobbies, and I thought, "Ooh, I love rock music as well." So let's incorporate that. So we came up with all rock and rolls, rocks and roll. They were all taken. So we just added S's, and we were felt very comfortable that it wasn't going to be taken away. You know, I love that. I love you said I added S's because I did the exact same thing with Kings of the Rings. My wrestling podcast is called Kings of the Rings. Like, okay, like King of the Ring is obviously taken and trademarked. What if we just made them plural? Because like there's two hosts. We're kings of the rings because there's more than one wrestling we talk about. So I love that. I love that. Edit S's. Very, very smart. Um, so what other podcasts do you listen to? Did you draw inspiration from any of them? Um, no, I really do inspiration through mine. But I have been on a lot of others. I've been on a lot of mental health. I've been on a lot of wrestling ones too. I've been on a couple of those. Maybe not some random ones as well, but a lot of lots and lots of disability or mental health ones. Well, I'm glad you could add the ambiguous podcast solution to your list. Um, but do you listen to podcasts regularly? Or do you, or you listen to more rock music? A lot of music, more. I'll be honest with you, a lot of a lot of music that helps me a lot more than a podcast does. I mean, sometimes I listen to a crime podcast with my mother just to keep her company, but. It's mainly music. Well, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's, do you, do you listen back to your own podcasts? Um, yeah. So before I publish it. Before you publish it. Yeah. You have to, man. Yeah. You have I to. My, I get critiques. Yeah, of course. Or, Cause that, that's, that's how you, that's how you improve. Like I hate, I hate to listen to my podcast at the very, very beginning. Cause it's just like, I hate myself on the mic. I still kind of do, but eventually he's kind of getting numb to it. And you're just like, ah, yeah, there I am. <laughs> Exactly. I agree with you there. 
Um, so what was your first experience with the podcast? Do you remember? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I wasn't nervous. I was just afraid of how it was going to go, in all honesty. But if I had to go back to that experience, I, def- I definitely would be more enthusiastic to it than what I once was. I, if you listen to it, I did just I sounded boring. I wasn't happy to be there is what it sounded like, which mm-hmm. was completely not true. I was happy to be there. But it just didn't sound like, oh, my goodness, here I am. Yeah. No, you do, you do have great energy on your podcast. You're very quick. You're very quick-witted. Like, we're going to talk about an interview with Al Snow a little bit, but, you know, the question is bang, 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 bang. And it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. So how much fun is it doing a podcast? Oh, it's a blast, bro. It really, really is. I mean, I, it gives me a sense of peace because I'm by myself, mm-hmm. and I get to help others, and that is a beautiful thing in my opinion. Do you find it therapeutic? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my goodness, 100 times yes. Yeah. No, me too. Like I do, I do like I podcast for selfish reasons, right? Like this podcast, it's, it's a, it's a multifaceted podcast. Like, yes, it's a networking tool for my business, but don't get me wrong. It's also a lot of fun for me and it's personal growth for me. Like I talk to people I want to talk to. Like if you reach out to me and now I listen to your podcast, I'm interested. I don't have you on. It's just because I'm selfish, but the idea of just talking to people and being on a microphone, it's very, it's very comforting to me. And it's very therapeutic where it's just like, okay, I can relax and just be who I am behind the microphone. Yeah, that, that's me too. I mean, whoever I am, I am. And I don't think that the podcast people have been very judgy so so far, at least. I mean, they can't judge you, in all honesty. Yeah. They can't say, they can't call me and say, oh, you suck. Yeah, yeah, they have to like, leave a comment. You can just turn them off and not read them. Exactly. But overall, I think the podcast community is very, very friendly for the most part. Like out of all the communities out there, I feel like podcasting is very reassuring and very, if you need help, you can get help. So what's your best experience with the podcast community? Um, just them allowing me on and a lot of speed networking. I do a lot of uh, speed networking because I run the business too. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, the people I met are either really, really amazing or really, really trying to change the world. What is, what is speed networking exactly? Um, yeah, sure. I can tell you about that. So what speed networking is, is you basically go on, have you ever, have you done speed dating before? Yes. Or heard of that? It's like that, but instead of dating, you're networking, but it's virtual. So you basically go online with zoom and then you go in like breakout rooms or, yeah. And then you okay. basically have there for like 60 minutes or, or like maybe even five minutes or a little less amount of time. Then you switch out to the next room, so on, so on, so on. Okay, that makes sense. Actually, I think that's, you know what? I think it's effective because it forces you to talk to everybody whether you want to or not. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And it's like you never know what you're going to find. So I, I think that's, that's a great idea, speed networking. I got to look into those. All right. Um, so how long have you, when, when did you start the podcast? How long, how long have you been doing this? Since October 2019. All right. So right, right before the pandemic. Oh, yeah. So did you have plans for the podcast before the pandemic that's got completely turned on its head because of the pandemic? Uh, no, I just went along with it. Yeah. I didn't really have major, 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 major plans with the pandemic, you know, honestly. I guess, I guess you can count one. I had to do a TED Talk, but sad, I, well, I did do the TED Talk, which was good, but because of that stupid pandemic, it was virtual. So what's the, okay, let's, let's pivot to a TED Talk because now I have a lot more questions. How did... How did you get? How did you get in the process of appearing on a TED Talk? Like, how, what's that like? Okay, well, I was. I guess somehow I got a couple of recommendations, and people asked really, and it just happened naturally. Mm. So I met a lovely lady, and we we did. I was involved with it, but the cool part is. My mother expanded on it, and she's an eighth-grade teacher, so some of her eighth-graders had the honor of doing a TED Talk. And we got to see one of my amazing friends who showed up, and we didn't know. It was kind of a surprise. We um, saw a while back ago, met Simon Majumdar. He is, like, the host of, like, Cutthroat Kitchen. Well, not the host, but the, uh, an Iron Chef judge on Cutthroat Kitchen, Guys Grocery Games. He's the bald guy. If you ever watch the Food Network shows, okay, he appears, he appears on on the Food Network a lot, but 
we surprised we surprised them as he came on and he didn't watch the talks, but he got to talk to people for a little bit. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. So um, I'm assuming did you talk about the podcast. You talk about more of the, the non for profit. Well, I'm sorry. Like on on the actual talk, you talk more about the podcast or the non for profit. Uh, it was about we had to do a topic and we had to expand onto it. Okay. So the topic was one of my episodes was called Pinball Action. Okay. And that's about structure in the brain. I decided to compare pinball autism, and it, to me, it worked out well for a lot of people. So for me, we decided to make that expand on that. We called our TED Talk Sold Structure, and it's really about why um, people on a spectrum need that structure at an early age and now, really. Mm. So what kind, what kind of structure? Like, Do you have like a, like a, a set schedule every single day? Like, how, how structured is your life? Um, Depends on what it is. Yeah. I mean, if it's a day-to-day, probably when I was younger, yes. Not now. It's I'm pretty much a laid back. But when it comes to something I love or need, I guess you could say the autism kicks in. And yes, I am very structured. Like I follow a very, very strict published schedule for my comfort and for my for my listeners as well because it works out really well to know that they know what day the episode's coming out. Yeah, well, I think that's a good that's a good rule of thumb to have for anyone who's on or off spectrum. So you know, I'm gonna say you have a, you have a leg up on people because I like to be structured, but sometimes if I miss that date, it's like eh, you know what what's a few hours gonna give me? But no, you need that structure. So yeah, that you, you, you and that's a great power to have. If it if you if I did that, it would bite me in the butt. It really would. Yeah, no, I hear you. So speaking of structure. How do you structure your podcast then? And how does how does like your your structuring skills from your real life apply to your podcast? Okay, well, how the structure goes is we'll use it as, as an example. If you were on my show, I as a gratitude, I let you pick your two favorite songs or sounds or hmm. even like something creative. We you'd be the captain of that, honestly, because I'm so grateful for you. That's my only way of knowing that I could pay you back, really or pay the piper, I guess, is the way to put it. Then I have a disclaimer, a mission statement, and then I have to give credit to whatever I use. And I also have some paid for the following. And the paid for the following is people who paid for a shout-out or for a little more of a 15-minute sponsorship, really. And then I do the ad, some of the ads for sponsorships as well. Then I also have, like, a thank-you place where I, like, free people, where I thank them for allowing me to be on their show, or for something else, and then whatever the topic is, we get into that, which it could be an autistic behavior, mm-hmm. an interview, or just me having a fun time with an, with an E, and that's entertainment. I always compare whatever the entertainment topic is back to the autism right. spectrum. Now, do you, do you always have guests, or do you sometimes just do like monologues, talk all about, talk all about yourself and by yourself? Um, it's a mixture of all three of those. The ape is what I call it. The ape. That's that's fantastic. Okay. Um, so talk to me like how your podcast helps your non for profit. Because there's someone very wise once told me every podcast is a business, whether you know it or not. Um, but I consider a podcast a tool for your business, or in your case, a non for profit. So how do they work? How do they work hand in hand? Well, I don't understand the question. I'm sorry. So like you you like do do you use your podcast as a as a tool to benefit your non-for-profit? Oh, okay. Um, I would say maybe it's a little bit of mixture, yes, because it's how it started. Mm-hmm. But no, because I would have done it regardless of the non-profit. Mm. So does your non-for-profit help your podcast then? Does it work Is it work both ways? So like, do you take people from your non-for-profit or people you find from your non-for-profit and be like, hey, you'd be great in the podcast. Let's yeah, get this next Yeah, I think week. it helps each other. It's yeah. like 50-50 does the work if that makes any sense no 100 percent. that's exactly why you're supposed to use it um okay so we talk about um you i'm hearing a lot of that i do this a lot myself i run the business i run the podcast do you have anyone else on your team who helps you how how do they help oh yeah so we have a board as well but my, my main editor is my mother which i Regret kind of, but I also love at the same time. Now, Matt's a very reliable help. That's a very reliable source. Do not, trust me, keep your mother as your best friend. That is a very important person oh, to have. Oh, believe me. <laughs> we, we get along perfectly. That's probably 
probably the she's in the top five people I trust. Mm. I don't trust a lot of people. Honestly, I have trust issues, but I don't, I don't trust anyone hundred percent. But if if I did, she'd probably be in the top five. So, but she's on my team as well, and we work together. But she has a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Like if you look at my website, that's all her. Mm-hmm. I the only said I said was, hey, the only requirement I have for the website is you need to have a guest list to show the people who have been on my show and she accepted that, but the rest her. Yeah. No, it's, her way of making it. It, it's, it's good to have someone who makes the final decisions and someone who is just like, okay, I'll work with you, but I have a certain list of demands. So I think that makes that kind of relationship in a business totally makes a hundred percent sense. Um, but specifically for the podcast, like who does, who does the editing, who does the social media and the distribution? Or is that oh. all you as well? Um, the social media, I think it's a little bit of mixture, but the editing is fully me. I, you don't take away my editing. I actually, I'm, a lot of people have complained about the editing. I'm the odd duck out and say, I love the editing. I really, really do because it's some work and it makes sense. Yeah. And when you get a finished product, holy crap, it sounds better. It's a sense of accomplishment too. Like if it takes you like, like, like this podcast can take between all the social clips I'm going to cut and then putting it into the graphics package, it'll take probably four hours in, in, in the area. No, but the point is like, as soon as I'm done with that, it's just like, I have something I can literally look at that says, this is the product of those four hours. It's a sense of pride. Oh yeah. But I, that's my point. Like who cares if it takes four hours? Do the work. I mean, it's not all funs and games. Yeah. For and, me. and at some point it's like, okay, how can this be better? I know it's going to take more time, but it's okay. Like how can I add graphics in this? How can I add different lower thirds into this? Is there any B-roll I could add? Like, you know, once you're editing, your brain starts turning and saying, okay, this could be better like this. Like, do, you, do you feel that way as well? Yeah, I would say that. And the and I think if you edit them, you'll get more downloads. But that's just me. Yeah, I agree. What uh, what software do you use to edit? Audacity. Audacity. You like Audacity? Yes. I mean, it's free, so free helps. Oh yeah, definitely free. Definitely is a big big key. But I think it makes the most sense out of me. I'm trying. I want to learn some new tools. I'm in an internship with someone as well through the through Ivy Tech, and I'm hoping that one. The help and that he'll teach me more of the editing skills than I already know. Uh, use Adobe. I mean, Adobe Audition is phenomenal. I'm recording this on Adobe Audition right now. I've been using Adobe Audition since college. Um, so almost, how old am I? 26? Eight years, give or take. Um, it's a phenomenal tool. It's, it's worth the monthly price, and you can do so much more with your editing. But Audacity is also a great tool. It pretty much, Audition is pretty much just Audacity on steroids. Essentially, but I mean, if you if you know Audacity, you learn Audacity, you'll pick up Audition really quick. So one day, my friend, I hope you upgrade. All right, um, I'll look into it. So when you first started the podcast, what were some of the hurdles you had to overcome? What was what was like the hardest part? Um, probably knowing if it would work or not. First mm. of all, I, I expected to get a like not expected to get a bunch of hits. I expected to get a few hits. Oh, yay! Whoop de doo. Little did I know, it, it turned into a big business. That's all I'm going to say for that. But probably another hard thing for me was probably learning, like, the setup. Because setting, like, not setting up the episode, but setting up the podcast as a whole. Yeah. Like, with your broadcast or the mic. Gee whiz, that's a pain to do sometimes, like, getting it on there. Yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely a learning curve. Did the, I, that's, a, that's a very common answer I get. I like to ask people, okay, what was hard when you first started? Because it's always different from mine. But a common one is, what do I buy, right? Like, what equipment do I use? What kind of microphone do I use? Do I need a mixer? It's, what's the difference between like a, a USB microphone and an XLR microphone? What is an XLR cord, right? So it's a lot of, the, a lot of those things. So did you have someone to help you with all those things? Or did you just use your good old friend Google? Oh, yeah, Google is – that's what my mother says. She's a teacher. She says, when you don't know something, use Google. Yep. Yep. Um, so you're, you're pretty much like a, self, a self-made man then. Yeah. I, I like to do everything by myself, really. I, I mean, I'll, I'll work with someone or work with others, but I play better by myself. Yeah. So let me flip it then. What was the easiest part? Like when you first started, you just go, oh, this is super easy. I got this down from day one. I had the skills. 
really. I had the roadcaster figuring out. I had the mic figured out. That was the best part. I didn't have to learn all that. Yeah, picked up quick. Definitely a natural. I do think I do think you're a natural because sometimes the like, guys I, I hear you on the podcast. And I I smile and I laugh. I go, "That's a great question. That's an amazing question." And how you at your delivery? It's just it's just phenomenal. Thank you. So what was something your show a thousand percent had to have in it? Like when before you even started, right? You write an idea down on paper, you circle it. I need to have this in every episode. Oh, the intro and outro, because that's the only way I knew how to repay people. Mm. I mean, some are the Stone Cold theme song with the A's because that's what I chose. But the P's and the E's, I changed it up because one, I think the E's sets the tone for it. Mm-hmm. But the P, that's the only, only way I know how to thank them, like truly. I don't believe it. You could say thank you all you want. But I don't think you fully mean it until you do something for them. Yeah. No, you definitely got to give back. You definitely have to give oh, yeah. back. And I think I think it's true in business too. Like, listen, if you want to make a sale to someone, this is a personal philosophy. If you want to sell someone something, you got to give them something first, right? For free. You have to physically give them something. And what that something is can vary between multiple different things. It can be a conversation. It could be a donation. It could be a podcast, right? Like I'm giving you a podcast right now. Um, but I think in order to take, you have to give first. I would agree with that. So do you still have, do you have any challenges today that you still have the podcast? Like what's, what's difficult about doing the podcast today at this very moment? I would say the biggest difficult thing for me is knowing is moving stuff around because what else know happened, that was great. But I'm going to be honest with you. I had a full WWE special plan already. Just when compare like professional wrestling autism, but when Al Snow came in, I was like, yay, but I first, but my also thought, you little turd at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you screwed up all my plans. But you know yeah, what, man? you really did. Like, with podcasting, you got to be on your toes, always. It happens, like, honestly, it happens to me with interviews all the time. I'll have a full list of questions, but then we start talking, and I get to maybe, like, eight of them. I throw the rest out. But you know what? Sometimes when we just sidebar and just go off the rails, that's some of the best content yeah. you make. So I you, was like that. I didn't believe that at first, but after a while, I was like, okay, we got to skip around. This is going to make it so much better. Exactly. Like, you know, we, we talked about structure earlier. Structure is great, but you need to be prepared to rebuild that structure <laughs> mid-sentence even. mid Midway through the podcast, he's got to shovel things around. And sometimes it works for the better. So I'm glad that worked out with Al Snow for you. Yeah, I, I'm with Al Snow, I had to make his conversational because he only gave me 45 minutes. Mm. Two hours, so I thought, okay, we can't do this full list of questions. That, I also had to do that with Mick Foley. I also had Mick Foley on my show. He gave us 30 minutes. I was like, okay, the way we're going to do those type is just make it conversational yeah. and not ask any questions. They're going to have to pop up in my head. Yeah, he's got to talk. Um, so let's, let's go on to the guests. How do you find your guests? Um, a lot of different ways. Some of it, Simon Jundar, he was the first big one because no one thought I would get him on. I was because I we watched Cutthroat Kitchen as a family. Mm-hmm. That's one of our favorite shows, and we didn't know this, but he plays for autism charities. I thought we gotta get this guy on, and my they were not like doubtful because you never know, but they were skeptical. They're like, eh, "Don't be surprised, buddy." I was like, "Okay, that's fine. I understand. I'm I'm with you guys." He probably won't get on, but you know what? I could say I tried. That's all that matters to me. Well, but sure enough, within a few. And within a day, he responded, said, yes, I want to be on. And I'm telling you, what a great guy. Really good guy. He's humble. He's definitely a great man. He's from Britain, but gee whiz, the Britons are so polite, apparently, or he is at least. He looks cranky, but he, believe <laughs> me, he's actually really, really sweet is the way to put it. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, and after Simon, we thought, okay, we have this platform. Now we can use it. Let's find these other guests. Yeah. So he we used Temple through some of them through Facebook Messenger, some of it through email. And Temple granted, that's probably one of the biggest. And we emailed her and she responded. But Mick was always my dream guest, and I had the honor of meeting him four times. And then Al, so now I went, I helped him, I helped my intern at a rival media sh- at a local sh- wrestling show. And he was there, and he was the first guest to volunteer himself. That's awesome. 
That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 way better when people come to you, <laughs> right? It's way better. So it's like, hey, can I be on your show? And you're just like, oh, I don't have to send, I don't send on emails. I don't have to like ask people. I don't have to explain what I'm doing. You already know. You already know. Yeah, man, come on in. <laughs> come on in. Let's yeah, go. I, that was that was a big shock to my system. I didn't know that people could graciously accept it. I kind of knew that, but I didn't know if that would. You didn't know. You don't ever know if it's going to happen to you. Exactly. And you know, like a, a big name guest like an Al Snow or specifically Mick Foley that opens so many doors to so many different people because, you know, it's going to get a lot of listens. And, you know, when I close up my shows, I make sure to say, if you want to be a guest, here's where you can find me. And, you know, once these are all released, I'm expecting a whole lot of emails I'm not going to keep up with. But that's good because the backlog is good. That means I have more content to create, which means, hey, I might need to release episodes more frequently. So how often do, we, how often do you release episodes? Is it one, once a week? It was every 16 days, but to make sponsors happy, we changed it to every 13 days. Me, because I'm going to keep it fresh. I don't mm-hmm. want to get it what I call stale. Like, I don't want the cheese goes bad. I don't want the cheese to go bad in, in my podcast. I want to keep it fresh. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so pivot back to guests. See, we, I asked, my structure got thrown off a little bit. Got to go back to the guests now. Um, do, do your guests need to fit a certain criteria or is, is yeah, it? They okay. have to be related to a disability or mental health. They have to be. If mm-hmm. they don't, I will not accept it. Or they have to have a, even an idea of philosophy. Why, like why people struggle. Like okay. Al says, we have our own crosses to bear. And I thought, you know, I'm a disability, but I can work with that. Yeah. And I, I mean, my my parents wanted a little breakdown. I thought, no, that's not what we're gonna do. That make, that make no sense. Okay, uh, what are some other guests you've had on? Some of, some of your other favorites? Uh, Simon Jumdar. I've had a couple of NASCAR drivers. Oh, okay. My other favorite was James Durbin. He's the fourth runner up of the 2011 American Idol season. He has autism, but also Tourette's, and he's an amazing person. I mean. He, He's pretty humble too. I've had the honor of meeting Mandy Harvey, who was on America's Got Talent and on the 2017 season. She is deaf, but is a musician, and that's pretty impressive for mm. me. Then my other favorite probably was Peter Lance. He's a video game developer up in Michigan who is on the spectrum. That's awesome. Yeah, you don't you don't really realize like how many famous people have these certain disabilities. Like it's it's surprising, honestly. It's like, oh, that this person has autism. Like you, sometimes you just you have no idea, not a clue. Yeah, you really don't have a clue. So let's talk about your audience a little bit. What's your audience like? Like, what's what's your fan base and your community like? People on the spectrum, special education teachers, anyone in the special education field, parents who just got the diagnosis, like who said, hey, your son has autism. And they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Yeah. We're freaking out. Yeah. And then I would say anyone on the spectrum themselves, adult or child right. or children. So what, what are some of the common messages you want to push out to your audience? I would say the common messages is don't freak out about the diagnosis. Mm. Tap into their skills instead of worrying about their obsessions because believe me, they'll be the best at it, whatever it is. And I also believe that Another message of mine is be your be yourself, be who you are. Don't do you don't have to worry, you don't have to be the next person, be the first you. Mm, I love that. Be the first you. You can be idolized or you can be inspired by them, but you can't live your life around them. Do you ever bring your mom on? Is yet has your mom ever been a guest? Oh yeah. She's been a guest. That'd be crazy. She would be if she didn't have to teach today. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I hear that. I mean, hey, teachers. It's hard being a teacher right now, especially. I might, in- might as well announce this. This is kind of cool. Um, I've, I've always kind of complained about teachers not getting a raise because I've always, I have a hard, mad respect for teachers, probably because I live by, live with one and just seeing what they do behind the scenes and stuff. Yesterday, she got a raise. Oh, right. Congratulations. Congratulations to your mom. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. A lot of- I think we're celebrating, I think, uh, tonight somewhere. Go to the go to a favorite restaurant if you can. That's that's the best way to celebrate. Is go out to eat. I think we're hitting somewhere in Ellettsville. All right, there you go. Or, or Evansville, which is like not far from here. It's like an hour. 
right. Uh, I lost my train of thought. All right. Let's talk about some wrestling. Let's talk about wrestling, man. I, I love, I, I listened to your Alistair episode. Fantastic. I got to go find your Mick Foley episode. Um, how'd you get Mick Foley? How'd you land Mick Foley? Well, he was always a dream guest of mine. And the cool part is I met him way before the podcast. I met him my sophomore year through a meet and greet at a toy store. And he was humble. And I thought, okay, that's great. Whoop-de-doo. I never see him again, but good memory for the experience. Well, I figured out a while back ago, his son is on the spectrum. One of his sons. Hmm. And I kept saying to people, What's, who's your dream guest? I said, Mick Foley, Mick Foley, Mick Foley, Mick Foley. Well, a while ago, I was on another wrestling podcast, podcast, and there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff to allow me to meet him. It was called the A&C Wrestling Podcast. And you, just a suggestion here, one of, the re- one of them is a former ECW wrestler, Chili Willie, so feel free to have him on. If you find him, just tell him you know me, and he'll, he'll probably hook you up. Okay. Just FYI. But I had, there's a lot behind the scenes, and I was surprised with, a meet, with another mean of him, and we talked again, and he actually remembered me, which is the cool part. And then I had the interview with him, and that was pretty cool. And then he's actually from Bloomington, Indiana, which is like probably our big town. So when he showed up at the comedy attic, I knew we had to go there. He didn't recognize us at first, but when he saw the shirts, he recognized us. Right. And we got to talk to him again. So we can say now Mick Foley is our friend. That's awesome. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I called Mick Foley my friend. Mick Foley is definitely a dream guest for me. But, like, I would struggle with interviewing Mick Foley. It's just like, what can I ask this guy that he hasn't been asked before like at least with, with your podcast, right? Mick Foley probably doesn't get asked pretty often about his son because I, I didn't even know his son was on had autism or was on had a disability. So you had an angle there. So like, was it hard coming up with questions for Mick Foley? Because it's like, okay, what else can I possibly ask this guy? On on a, if it was on the spot, some of them were, but I would say no. I mean, some of them I had to pull one. I'll be honest, I pulled one out of my butt. Really, is the way to put it. And I the other day I watched the show Dark Side of the Ring mm-hmm. and or the day before, and it was about Davy Boy Smith, the one of the British Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was, he got clothes like pretty hard, as you may know, and he couldn't chew food for three weeks. And I thought, did he eat anything, or did was he just like a vegetable for those three weeks? Yeah. So I just pulled that one out of my butt, really. Like, hey, I heard he got clothesline. Did you eat anything? What do you say? Because it's probably like a liquid diet, but that probably must have been uncomfortable. Yeah, he ate, but he says regarded to soup and yeah. liquids. Yeah, liquid diet. All right, would you ever th- would you ever think about doing a wrestling podcast, or is um, it, are you too busy with the one in general? I thought of it, but I'm pretty. I think I'm going to keep going with autism rocks and rolls. But I chose to definitely keep incorporating wrestling references. I mean, if you hear from day day one, there's some wrestling references in there. Start from day one, you'll see how big of a pro wrestling fan I am. And then rest, and, wrestling and is very, all the references. Wrestling is very relevant again in today's culture, which makes me very happy because, like, I wasn't around for like well, I was, but I didn't watch like the late '90s. I was too too little, um, so I couldn't even imagine like how. But it was ingrained in pop culture. So let's talk about wrestling. How did you become a wrestling fan? How did you get into that? Well, when I was six years old, I was born, and I was every like every kid trying to find something to watch on television. And I think I remember seeing a wheel. I think. I swear, I think it was the SmackDown, but it may have been a Raw. I just wasn't looking at the signs. And I remember the first match for me was Sheamus versus Wade Barrett in a tables match. And that's when I first, like, really got into it. I didn't really, like, study it again until 2012. Yeah. So, I, so after that, after that, though, loved it fully. My parents thought I'd grow out of it. Uh-uh. I nope. stuck with it. <laughs> no, a lot, a lot of people do not grow out of it. A lot of people do. A lot of people come back. But I'm 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 stuck, dude. I've been watching this since 2008, and it just I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna watch it with my kids right. as long as they're boys. I want to ask you a question. Okay, then. what's your favorite match? My favorite match. That's, that's not fair, man. That's my question for you. Uh, even though it's written as math, but my favorite match of all time is Taker and, and why? Shawn. And why? I forgot to ask that too. Taker and Sean at WrestleMania 25. Because oh, I've heard about that one. Watch it; it's remarkable. It's you know, it was for the streak, and that was like WrestleMania twenty five was really like 
what put me over the edge and my wrestling fandom because the build for that card was so good. You had the good versus evil with Taker and Sean. You had the um, Randy Orton breaking the Triple H's house or Triple H breaking into Orton's house for WrestleMania 25. You had uh, Edge, Big Show, and Cena in a crazy match. You had CM Punk winning his second Money in the Bank. Like, you had all these crazy moments. It was my second WrestleMania. So, um, that match just blew me away. And I've never been to a WrestleMania. I've been to a lot of Raws and SmackDowns, but I've never been to a pay-per-view and a WrestleMania. I've always wanted to go there. Always have. That's it's, like a dream of mine. It's long. WrestleMania is a long, long show. But luckily, like, you know, next year in Dallas, it's two days. So uh, I can't afford it. But if I could, I'd be going. I'm hopefully can go, hope I can go to SummerSlam in Nashville. That's my goal. It's weird. I've always liked the underdogs in life. Like my, Some of my favorite wrestlers are Shane McMahon. Okay. Kurt Angle. And it's odd because I don't like Kurt Angle's wrestling style, but he makes it fun in a way where I do like it. Really? He's an Olympic gold medalist. Okay. Oh, all right, all right. Pause, 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 pause. He's like like all the tackles and submission specialists. Yeah. That's not me. I like the guys who wham, wham, strikers is what you call them. Okay, you like brawlers. Okay, yeah. So, Shane, you like like like, like, a, like a Sheamus. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura with the Keen Shasa. Like yeah. The kids. Yep, that's me. Do you watch? Do you watch Japanese wrestling? Because they're very. It's the strong style. No, I need. To, I will though. Now you said it. Yeah, like New J- New Japan. Um, if you can, if if you can find it, they're very. It's a different style of wrestling, but it's very. It's very. If you like strikes and kicks, you'll like Japanese wrestling for sure. Yeah. So like Umaga, Umaga. That yeah. guy's. A- Rest in, killer. rest in rest in peace to Umaga, and and probably another guy, not great Kali. When I not the great Kali, he's another one of my favorites because when I first saw him, because he was at the Punjabi Playboy dancing. I mean, yeah, he wasn't back then. And when I first saw him, my jaw did drop. I'll be honest with he's, you. He's a huge. He's oh huge. So like a uh, AEW was in New York. Uh, like a month or so ago in September. And the big show was on a dark match. And he came out, and I was on like the upper deck, and he was still humongous. Like he's, he's a massive human being. And Great Collie is like the same size, if not a little bit bigger. So it's just yeah. like, I've never seen the Great Collie wrestle in person, but yeah, he gravitated to me too because I saw him on TV. But this guy is humongous. Watch him. <laughs> Before he became the Punjabi, because usually he was like this mean. Yeah, he was a murderer. Like, like murderer. Oh my goodness, I felt bad for the opponents, honestly. Yeah, one of the first one of the first times I ever saw SmackDown, the great Kali was in a match with Rey Mysterio, because of course he was. And it was a finishing move where like, he squeezes the head. Yeah, the, the, the vice grip. The vice that, grip. And uh, yeah. like Mysterio had a blood capsule in his mouth, and like so it looked like he was actually bleeding. But, you know, me being like, what? 13 at the time, thought he was actually bleeding. So I was like, oh yeah. my God, he squeezed his head so tight that his mouth's bleeding. Like, it was just like, who is this guy? And it was a great colleague. He was like, this guy's terrifying. The funny part. Yeah. If I didn't believe it because I thought, how do you squeeze someone's head? That's crap. So, being the idiot I was when I was a kid, I tried it on myself. Like, <laughs> I squeezed my head pretty bad. I didn't, I didn't bleed out of my mouth, but I did get a headache. Yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. If you oh, squeeze yeah. your head, you will get a headache. So I'm going to really ask you now. Oh, my God. It is real. I got – I got. okay. So who is your favorite wrestler currently? I have some of your oh. all-time, but who's your favorite wrestler currently? Um, I have two probably. Okay. One because of character one because of his wrestling abilities. The character is Sami Zayn. When he was oh, okay. a baby face, God, he ha- I hated him. You hate, hated. Him as, you hate him as a face? Yeah. Really? Like, to me, we already saw it. If that makes any mm, sense. Mm, yes, that makes perfect sense. That Dude, is. We've already seen it. Like, do he's kind of another Rey Mysterio 2.0. That made when in my brain. If that makes any sense. No, but that makes he, perfect sense. When he turned heel, I didn't know if it was going to work at all. But I thought this guy is so annoying, so obnoxious, so arrogant. I love this character. This is a perfect character for him. Yeah, 
it's it's weird. It's like it's 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 very hard to be a bad guy in the business. It's very hard to be a heel in today's business. Because like, do you watch AEW? Uh, no, but I need to. Okay, so you know who Cody Rhodes is, right? Yes, I've heard of Cody Rhodes. So Cody Rhodes, you know, he's one of the founders of AEW, and he is portraying himself as a babyface on TV, but the crowd is just booing him so hard. They're booing him so hard. They just hate the guy. He's very he's very arrogant in his work. I, I boo him. I don't like Cody Rhodes. He's a great wrestler, don't get me wrong. Super nice guy in person, I bet. But he's very arrogant, and they're just booing the crap out of him. It's just like, okay, if he turned heel, they'd cheer him. Right, so it's like he loses either way. Yeah, it's like, he, yeah, he, 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 you lose if you, there's no win. It's a no-win scenario. It's like, so what should he do? So it's like, okay, I had like a thought the other day. It's like, there's no, it's like, there's no such thing as, no, that's not true. It's, it's very hard to be a heel, but like Cody Rhodes right now is a heel because the crowd is treating him as a heel. So it's almost just like, don't change anything. Just keep doing what you're doing because it's working. Yeah, or go as a tweener. Maybe that might work for him. Or go as a tweener. Or go as a that tweener. Might, that, that might work. All right. So what's, the other one, because of abilities, Drew McIntyre. Okay. What do you think of the sword? That, I don't know about the sword. I liked it better when he wore the robe. To me, it just w- reminded me of a gladiator. He just reminds me of like a full on, like Scottish gladiator. And that's the goal. So it definitely worked on me. But, at, if it was up to me, I'd put him back on the robe. Yeah. But I like the sword all right. I like, I like, yeah, Drew McIntyre, I mean, don't get me wrong. His 2020 was great. And um, his run as champion, it's just a shame it wasn't a crowd there. But obviously, obvious reasons that you can totally understand. But, yeah. you know, he had the company on his back. I've seen him in person, like at an indie show, and he is massive. He is a large, large human being. Oh, he is. And then probably another one, actually, because of character. I'm starting, I'm starting to grow on Roman Reigns. Good. You should. He's the best. He's the best. All right, what's your favorite match, favorite match of all time and why? Oh, for me, it's Undertaker versus Mankind. Hell in a Cell? Your house buried alive. Oh, okay. Buried alive. The buried alive match. Yep. Because <laughs> of the basics of the match, if that makes any sense. Because it was something new. Like no, so many, no, no one saw what a bare line match was at that time. Yeah, and if you think about it, it was hardcore, but it wasn't like too too hardcore. And I think it just worked well. I watched it not too long ago, actually. Now that you mention it, I watched it on uh, Peacock. Stupid Peacock, but I watched it, and it holds up. It does hold up because it's still like the idea of you know after the match, Taker has his hand raised out of, out of the out of the ground in the grave. It's just like, how do they do that? How? How? That's my yeah, question. And the How do they do it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely still holds up. That's a great That's answer. Right. Um, so favorite match type slash stipulation. Oh, I have others. I'll tell you some others of mine. Go for it. My another favorite of mine was Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura at Survivor Series 2018. Okay. Because I was excited. I thought the elements were worked together. And it was different. I mean, the Seth Rollins trying for a suicide dive, but then he dodges it and he gets the roundhouse kick. That was like he had good chemistry and good like maneuvers is the way to put it, I guess, is the way to put it. And just it just worked well. Yeah. I, I honestly, I'm trying to remember that match. I don't remember. Twenty eighteen Survivor series. Seth versus you know, I'm gonna go back and find it. I'm yeah, gonna, that's gonna, a good one. And then another one is an all-time WrestleMania classic, Steamboat and Savage, buddy. Mm, yeah. That, I can't – the Hulk and Andre, eh, basic but limited. This one wasn't limited in my opinion. Yeah, still holds up. Definitely. Definitely yeah. still holds up. So and you, then the Shield versus the New Day is another one. This was at the 2017 Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. The sad part was I was sick when I watched that, but I was still, like, blown away with that match. Cured your illness real quick. Because I was sick and just looking for a good opportunity to finally be happy in the moment. Yeah. But when I watched it, then I thought, no, it wasn't because I was just sick. I knew it was a good match. 
So do you, do you have a favorite match type stipulation? Like I love I love Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is my favorite match type. Ooh, that's a good question. That's a great question. Um, I would have to say anything, and when they get outside of the ring, street fights, last man standings. That's pretty cool. Yeah, last man standing. They can get creative. They can get very creative with last man standing matches. Yeah, and my favorite pay-per-view of all time is the 2016 Battleground because they produced two favorite matches of mine. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn at the Battleground. That was my, I think that was better than their WrestleMania one, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely. And then Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns when the Shield collided. That was, I got into that pretty darn much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love, I love, yeah. Joel, Dean Ambrose is doing a great job as John Moxley in AEW right now. So, yeah, dude, check that out. Highly suggest it. But, man, I think that's. And I also like the Mankind Undertaker Boiler Room Brawl. I did like that. Yes, I'm with Slam 96, man. Also a great match. It's like, all right, a, what is a Boiler Room Brawl? What is that? And then they did it, and you're just like, wow. That was great. I wouldn't have thought of that. That was a great match. And the, the, uh, the Paul Bear turn. Yep. With the urn. With the urn. Hitting him in the urn. I didn't expect that. Yep. Phenomenal. All right, Sam. We're just about out of time. I think that wraps it up. Um, What's next for you? What are some of your future goals for the podcast, for the non-for-profit, for your life, your career? What's next for Sam Mitchell? Um, ask me five years from talking because I'm taking this podcast one day at a time. I'm also taking college one day at a time. I'm going for me and entrepreneurship. So who knows, buddy? Who uh, really knows? All right, man. I wish you the best of luck. Um, <clears throat> last thing. Anything you want to plug? Your podcast, where uh, to sure. find your website? So you, find me, you can find me on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, LinkedIn, Stitcher. My website's autismrocksandrolls.com. And if you want to contact me, you can give me a call at 812-797-9045 or email me at info at autismrocksandrolls.com. Awesome. Sam, I want to thank you again so much for being a guest on this podcast. I had a wonderful time. All right. Thank you. All right. Everybody, and everybody, if you want to find all my stuff, head over to ambiguous podcast solutions.com to find more. All of our podcast partners are there. All their pages are there. If you'd like a podcast, make sure you hit that donation tab and show right. some love to all of our podcasts. That has been Sam Mitchell, my guest, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the ambiguous podcast solution. If you want your podcast featured on the show, reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com. You can find more content from all of our APS partners over at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. If you liked this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Want to find out more about our guests? Check out the description or anywhere across our social media channels for all of their links and information. Check out our YouTube channel for this and all featured podcast clips and more. This podcast was hosted, produced, and distributed by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. We'll see you next time.